The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Monday morning, and the reason I'm happy is because it's time for another episode of The Boys of Tech. This is episode number 101 for Monday, 31 January 2011. My name is Edwin Herman, and as usual, joining us over Skype from the comfort of his own home is my co-host, Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Hello. And how are you this fine Monday morning? I am good. Do you know, it's a month already. We've just pretty much completed... The first month of this year. Hasn't time yep. flown? One of 12 gone. <laughs> I know. It's pretty shocking, really, when you think about it, how quickly it goes. And before time flies too fast, I should introduce Cameron Colley, who joins us on the panel. Welcome along, Cameron. Hey, how's it going? Cameron, how are the floods treating you now? Everything's uh, receded? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's all gone away. Brisbane's slowly getting back to normal. Some things are still out of action, as you can imagine, but... Um, we're getting there. It's so uh, it's all good. Did a lot happen this week in the world of tech, Cameron? You were saying something about some changes at Google. Uh, just recently, Eric Schmidt has stood down as CEO. So who is and it now? It's Larry Page, the other co-founder. Ah, now not, that's not interesting. Mm, very interesting. It's uh, there's been a lot of uh, speculation as to whether Larry is the right choice. You know, he's not as charismatic. A lot of employees think he's a bit on the weird, shy side. I don't know. So what was the reason for that? Well, it hasn't really come out yet, as far as I'm aware. There's been a few things. Eric is going to be focusing. He hasn't left the company. He's going to be focusing on being more of a a Google diplomat, I believe, Uh, traveling the world when certain governments or, or, you know, certain places around the world have issues, especially throughout Europe. uh, Google's had a lot of issues with just monopolistic tendencies, some governments saying that they're getting a bit too big, a bit too much control over the internet and everything else. So Eric's going to be traveling the world allaying those sort of fears. Also, the the recent privacy fears with the Google cars that drive around, taking the photographs of Street View, we're also picking up all that data regarding open Wi-Fi networks. So let me guess, he's going to be driving them himself now. He's going to be driving them himself saying, relax, I'm from California, it's cool. (laughs) So yeah, he's... On the big loudspeaker, I can see that. On the big loudspeaker, yes, everyone, just go back in your homes. It's Google, we're here to help. (laughs) That sort of thing, so... Um, <laughs> so basically that's, that's what, um, that's what he's going to be doing. So it'd be interesting to see how this turns out. I'm, I'm not sure whether it's just an interim method. I know it took a long time for the two founders, Sergey and Larry to find the right CEO in the first place. They pretty much shared it right up until Eric came on board. I think that was just prior to their IPO, which would have been back in 2004. So they were, they were running pretty much on their own from, you know, 97, 98. So a good six years they're doing themselves. They knew that they needed a babysitter to be taken seriously. So they got Eric Schmidt in. I can't remember who he was from. I've got a funny feeling he's from General Electric or something. I'm not too sure. But they got him in and he's been it for, for some time now. Now he's taken a step back and Larry stepped up to the mark. But whether Larry's the right man for the job, who knows? I don't know much about their personalities. What what are they? How are they characterised? These these because they're just names to me. I don't really know oh, the Google okay. guys. Yeah, um, Sergey seems relatively normal. Larry's definitely the weirder one, and he's the one I wouldn't <laughs> have picked. 
Yeah, he's <laughs> just, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. It's just funny because, you know, especially Eric was brought in as CEO to provide the adult supervision, so to speak. And so the company could be taken seriously with a real CEO. So it's interesting. It's funny though, because on the other hand, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't needed that. He's a lot younger than the founders ever were. And he's managed to be CEO the whole time. Mm, Even though he was the worst dressed, which we covered last week. Yeah, that's right. Well, speaking of changes at the top, I mean, Apple also have, there's been some movement there. Jobs apparently taking medical leave. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, the, share, yes. the shares plummeted something like 6%. Was it that high? Yeah. Wow. I knew, they, I knew they dropped, but I wasn't sure. It was just, there was a bit of a dip and, you know, everyone jumps up and down and there's a story to write, but I didn't realize it was such a big drop. No, no. It's- he's, <laughs> taken, he's taken leave. He's not, he's still CEO. Yeah, he's still CEO. It's, yeah, he's still, he's still, still, yeah, he's but still taking medical leave and he's still going to be personally involved in a lot of yeah, the, that's right. it's the, a lot the discussions of all the and things that are going through. It's just the day-to-day stuff that he's handed over to Cook. And some stuff to Schiller as well, right? Mm. The thing is, of course, there's always the risk that this may become a permanent situation or, or that he may eventually step down completely. And mm. I guess that's kind of reflected in the, in the drop in shares because people do say that Apple is Jobs and Jobs is Apple. And without Jobs, Apple's not the same company. It's not necessarily going to be as successful. Mm. I don't know if you guys think the same way or, or what. Oh, I think, so like, uh, like, if, like if Willy Wonka sold the factory, would it still be as good? Well, because Steve has, you know, he's had quite a few hiatuses over the past few years for medical reasons and such forth. And that has been handed off to Cook and the the other Schiller yeah and Schiller to run the show and so I think that while there will always be a market dip when Steve eventually leaves Apple through whatever method (laughs) and however many years that might be there will be a dip in the share price but I think it won't be as it goes progresses along it'll be less and less of a dip as more and more time is spent with these other people in control and the investors and shareholders get to see how well they are able to keep the Apple train rolling? Uh, yes, part of me thinks that, I don't know, while, while Steve has done amazing things at Apple, I mean, he, he is Apple, essentially, even he would be trying to part that wisdom off to his next, you know, next in lines. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think they, they themselves realize what they've got and that you just can't have someone else rock on in and start doing whatever because Apple's a, a very special company in the sense of what it does. So as long as you have a team of people that will keep the jobs legacy going in terms of that mindset, that, that quality control, and most importantly, Jonathan Ive, that industrial designer who leads their, their design yep. team. Oh, they've got, they got to keep them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's only... He's only what early forties, so yeah. If anything, yeah. I'd be more concerned who's going to be the head designer. Because um, <laughs> I think all the stuff that, that that Jobs has ever wanted is so ingrained in in that company now. I think it would be hard to shift that. But and not only that, but you can you can. It's easier to transfer the sort of skills that a CEO might have in his or her c- philosophies. Yeah. But design is is very much a it's an art. You know, it's, it's an, an art yeah. form. You yep. how do you you can't teach it. No, no, you can't. And Jonathan Ive has been essential, quintessential in, in yeah. the development of Apple. He's probably, I mean, not many people know it, that 
that Tim, but anyone who's into design, I'm, I'm a big design fan. So Jonathan Ive is, is up there in terms of one of my, my all-time favorite industrial designers. He must get paid a lot. Oh, I hope he does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say he would. Yeah. Yeah. He invented the, you know, the iPod. <laughs> so yeah, he's done well. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. He'll never leave Apple because there's no one else would ever, could ever pay him. Well, I mean, yeah, but he must yeah, be, sure yeah. he must be, you don't think he'd be headhunted by, I mean, uh, I'm sure other places them. have attempted uh, to headhunt him. Oh, no doubt at all. But, yeah, he's HTC? probably got himself such a really good niche there. And not just that, he's developing products that he knows. Sure enough, he could go to another company and design products, but he knows if he stays with Apple, he's making, he's designing products that are going to change the world. Mm. And they'll, so will, want, yeah, they'll, they'll sell. Yeah. yeah. Not, well, they'll sell, but they're not just that. They change things. I mean, mm. we're, yep. doing a pod, we're, do, we're doing something called a podcast. That's named after an iPod. That's true. That, that iPhones, is very true. Yeah. iPhones revolutionized the, the market. That whole design, I remember when the iMac, the first thing that Jonathan I was involved in was the iMac. Now, do you remember the- The colored. Sort of the colored the, thing. The bubble that, ones. Yeah. Yes, that's right. They, that, that design, that smoky white plastic with the, the bright, you know, different colored sort of see-through colors that, that were there, mm-hmm. that design featured on, on, I remember owning an iron that looked like that. Like yeah. that, that, that just filtered down into everything. Everyone was designing like that. Oh, I mean, you just know, you just know that if you're going to stay with Apple, you're doing something that means something. You could, sure, you could design products for anyone, but are yeah. they going to make a bigger impact as Apple products? Probably not. Precisely. They, they've always been uh, an inspiration to so many designers. When exactly. you, you look at the changes to the Apple user interface on, on the, the Macintoshes and how the just the way they changed the buttons in the window to those little gel, those little colored gel buttons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Apple interface. Across mm. the internet, mm. across the web. Exactly. Everybody was going in for the gel-shaped, you know, the gel-colored reflective yep. buttons for everything. Mm. Apple's design influences the design of everything else that comes around. Yeah. They are a major influence. They look like those little gel design. They look like those little gel sleeping tablets that you can buy. Yeah, little gel pills, little mm. <laughs> couple of little Nyquils there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, they're like Apple is as uh, influential in electronic design uh, as what the Italians were with furniture in, in the 60s. That's still around today. You can still see that design coming through in furniture and whatnot that they, that they started. So, yeah, hell, if I was Jonathan Ive, I wouldn't be leaving for anything. No, even, no. even even if someone was offering you twice, the, I mean, he'd have a lot of money anyway. But say he earns $25 million a year, if someone said, we'll give you 50 to do this, I wouldn't leave. No, I he's mean, got it, the, the perfect little yeah. development basically. there. He's got free reign, basically, to do his designs. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing to remember is you want to be – yeah, and you want to be with a company where what you design is going to sell because it's not just about the money as well. It's about him being able to say, I designed the iPod. The iPod mm. was is a, well, I mean, look at it, you know, <laughs> it's more than successful. Mm. That is, you know, that's really something something quite, you know, that money money can't buy that if you know what that's I'm saying. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cam, really what you're saying is that we should be more worried about the day when Jonathan Ive takes leave. Correct. But more, yes. more so than, than Jobs, Steve Jobs. Well, yeah. I mean, I may not have said that 10 years ago. Yeah, right? back in the 90s. Yeah, back in the 90s. When Jobs Steve came back. He came was... back and he was just about to do what he's doing. 
I think over this time, it's taken probably all this time for Steve to go, you know, this is how we work. And, and, and Steve would be, he'd be aware of his own mortality, and especially with these recent illnesses, he would be having some sort of legacy plan backup. There would be, you know, there would be systems in place, right, if Steve, yeah. we, get, well, we, get the, we get the phone call that he didn't make it through the night, this is the, this is the plan we, we take over with, and this is how we roll forward. And he would have a, a 50, 100-year plan. Yeah. Well, no, all the TV, you know, all the TV stations have a tribute to him already lined up. Oh, yeah, but I think they do that for most people. Yeah, they do it for most people. Yeah. 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 I even, I, I, even I just had to send through some recent photographs just the other day to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and write a little short bio to go with. Yeah, yeah. And I, they want to be to wave in slow motion and sort of blink my eyes. I was getting pushed away in a wheelchair, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Jobs has had a long time to fill the... The, you know, the leadership roles of his company with people he can trust, with people who share his vision, his outlook. So I don't think there will be a change in the way no. that Apple behaves. But the no. share price, Just though, I mean, 6.4%. Yeah. How can it just drop when he's not even, he hasn't left the company? Well, it's that mm-hmm. anticipation of it why is. is it? And it's also part of what Apple has done to itself as well, because Apple is notorious at only releasing news about something to do with the Apple leadership after the fact. We didn't find out about his liver transplant until after it had yeah, it that's, done. That's that true. Stuff. Mm. And so now anytime that there's a hiatus or one of these things, he's going away for leave, he's going away for that, there is that anticipation of is this something big that they will tell us after the fact that but didn't, watch this. And so there's that kind of uncertainty there. And it's something that Apple's kind of helped do to itself. The Apple shares are overinflated anyway, so maybe this brings it closer to you know to the, to the true price. You know, I mean it's three hundred and something bucks a pop. Oh. You think that's inflated? I, I think they are. Uh, they've, got, uh, they've got sixty billion dollars in cash. Yeah, in cash, just sitting there. It's probably going to pay for the Steve clone, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can buy Steve Jobs action Steve figures, clone, or would it be a Steve Android? Mm, Ooh, no, you, you, you could buy the action figure. You can't buy it anymore. Is that the bobblehead thing that was? Oh connected? yeah, now they were, yeah, yeah, that's that right. Cool. They 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 canned they, it because it was that. A, so whatever ones are around now, licensed. worth a fortune. No, it wasn't licensed at all. It was very good though. It looked awesome. <laughs> It was very accurate. It was, um, yeah. Just back to his announcement. Uh, didn't they purposely announce it on a Saturday so it wouldn't affect the market, but it may have affected the market in Japan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day in, in the right. States. Yeah. So they had a long, long weekend. But yeah, it, it, as you say, it affected the stock markets everywhere else. So Facebook. Now, oh, look, what are they doing? What is that thing, are they is that thing doing? still around? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still around. It's got a movie. and. <laughs> they are continuing forward with their ignoring people's privacy. Yeah, so this latest thing, right, is they'd made a change or they announced a change where they were going to share phone numbers and addresses, I think, mobile yep. numbers and addresses with developers. With third-party app developers, third, yeah. Third-party app developers, that's right. Oh, that's not good. And yeah. They've since backed down on that, though, haven't they? they they've Well, not... Well, it's not really that they've backed down. What they've done is they've postponed the, well, not even postponed. They've just disabled the feature because the feature went in. They've disabled the feature. Yeah, but that was because people were were upset about it. Well, yes, it's because people are upset about it. 
And they've said that they're going to now make some improvements to what they had come up with to allow, well, it's more to inform people more upfront that by by accepting this application or using this application, you will be sharing your phone number and address details with this application. What they haven't done, and I've thought this was a stupid thing about Facebook and continues to be a stupid thing about Facebook, is you can go into your application settings and you can say, I don't want to share certain things, but it's not going to affect the applications. You can't go into an application and you know tell an application that I want to play you Farmville, but I don't want to give you access to my photos, or I don't want to give you access to my phone number. I don't want to give you access to my address book. You can't do that and still play the game, even though the game, why is it needing that information? So do apps have full reign? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the apps have full reign and you can't turn on and off of them. You must accept, if you want to use that app, you must accept that it's going to get access to all of these different things about you. And you don't know what it's going to get access to. Uh, well, specifically right now, you don't. Right. That is what mm. they're going to be bringing in. That's the improvement that Facebook is talking about when it's talking about the improvement to this privacy thing. They're going to now upfront tell you that if you click agree to use this application, that you will be providing these access to these different things. But the developer can just say, I want access to that and I need access to that if you want to play this app. For instance, Lexulus. Lexulus requires access to you your images to photos and images tagged of you. Why? It's a Scrabble game. Why does it need access to pictures of me? <laughs> can I just it's quote? Can I quote crazy. from Douglas? I want to quote from Douglas Purdy from the Facebook developer blog. He says, "Over the weekend, we got some useful feedback that we could make people more clearly aware of when they are granting access to this data." We agree, and we are making changes to help ensure that you only share this information when you intend to do so. We'll be working to launch these updates as soon as possible, and we will be temporarily disabling this feature until those changes are ready. We look forward to re-enabling this improved feature in the next few weeks. So yeah, so as you say, they're going, to, they're going to go back and think about it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. inform you that they're going to that an application is going to be getting access to this thing? But it's not going to prevent app developers from going, I'm developing an app which allows you to play this game where you harvest animals or whatever. But I want it, as an app developer, I want to also have access to the phone numbers and addresses. Did you say harvest animals? (laughs) (laughs) This game sounds awful. Oh, it's called Farmville, isn't it? <laughs> and this is one of the most no. most popular games out there. It just sounds like Island of Doctor Moreau, where you're just like growing animals. And Ooh, that could actually people would play that. This is our chicken combine harvester machine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. it's how we harvest Runs through animals. the Chook House. Out comes Kentucky Fried Chicken out the other end. Brett needs, Brett needs help harvesting his chickens. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I wasn't on Facebook. I mean, with all this palaver going on, do oh, be part of it? It's completely ridiculous how these things go, and people just blindly click OK. It doesn't oh. matter how well they word the little blurb about what you're granting access to for this app. People are going to click OK because yeah, the, somebody, the point their is, friend is going to go. Their friend is going to be playing Farmville and invites you to play Farmville too. 
But right now there is no warning. Click. But right, right now there is no warning, right? Well, That's right now it says that by clicking OK, you agree to the, the app developer having access to details from your profile. It does say that, does it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. So in it's a, a very of, right. generic sort of termy way. But if you actually go into the settings for each of your different apps that you've given access to, you can see what they've got. And you will almost certainly see that they've got access to everything and that access is required. It's not, I can say yes or no to give them access to my photos, yes or no to give them access to my likes and dislikes, yes or no to give them access to my information about what I've said as my religion or education or background. It's, they'll all be said as required because the app developer has just, as a blanket, said, I require for my app to work access to every single thing within your profile. The thing that gets me and it means is how that those app developers can then harvest that information, as has been done in multiple cases. Yeah, in the past. people have been abusing app that, haven't they? Developers have been yeah. abusing and ignoring the Facebook, you know, terms and conditions for developers, and collecting all of that user information and selling it on to third-party people, third-party advertisers. And now, with the phone numbers and addresses becoming available to third-party app developers. There's now the potential for that information to get in the hands of criminals and use it in a criminal sort of a way. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And perform those criminal crimes. Exactly. Perform those criminal crimes in a criminal way. (laughs) Are those criminal crimes illegal? Yes. (laughs) That's the bad part about it. It's an illegal illegality. Yes, it's an illegal criminal crime. (laughs) <laughs> in a bad way. This is badness. They are providing <laughs> badness. It's just horrible. <laughs> oh, man. Which of those terms am I going to use for the title team. of this episode? <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a really bad illegal criminal crime. Yes. Right, right. We'll do that. that thank yeah. you. That's our title for episode 101. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> yep, no problem. Can we move away from Facebook for a second? In fact, oh, for, for the whole rest of the episode? I want to move on to a story about Rudolf Elmer, who is a Swiss citizen who was living in Mauritius for a while and was working for a bank, Julius Bayer. Now, he holds apparently a whole bunch of data, doesn't he, Brett? Indeed. He's handed over to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange the bank account details and transaction information of several thousand high-worth individuals and corporations. And this information includes things like tax evasion, how the money is shifted around, how people are defrauding the governments and banking institutions from their home countries by using this offshore bank. And and these are secret bank accounts, aren't they? Yes. So those secret ones that are numbered. Numbered bank Mm. accounts in the Cayman Islands. Is where the, the the bank branch, well, the bank is maintained. So you've got all of those tax avoidance, the, the, the no tax for those accounts. Let me just quote from Elmer. He says, once you become part of senior management and gain international experience, as I did, you are then part of the inner circle and things become much clearer. You're part of the plot. You know what the real products and services are and why they are so expensive. It should be no surprise that the main product is secrecy. Crimes are committed and lies are spread in order to protect the secrecy. So, I mean, he's this is one of the few that would actually, you know, ever come out because I mean, this he's, this is a bold move what he's doing. He's it's he's a really bold. He's released the move. stuff to to WikiLeaks. So, and well, we know what WikiLeaks will do. They'll 
go through and vet the information, make sure that it's what well, is factual and as true as as their vetting process does, mm. and then they will release it and it will give us a spotlight on banking practices and procedures in these offshore banks. But they will hide the names, though. Get these things. They're going to hide the names. They're not going to publish the names. Wouldn't that be the point of the whole no, thing? It is more highlighting the practices and the methods that these illegal activities are being conducted. And, yeah, that's why they don't want to release the, the names. the places that are facilitating this. That's what it's highlighting here. It's not naming names for the rich people who are doing these things. It's more highlighting to the public that these things are happening and this is how it's happening and this is what is happening. Cameron, you're very quiet. Have you got a bank account at this bank? No, no, but I'm I'm about to ask a question. Okay, we can take a question. In the movies and things like that, people talk about, yeah, their secret Swiss bank account. But does Switzerland have a setup that allows you to have a secret bank account that can be not... Yeah, there were bank accounts that are purely done by number. Yeah, so they don't Once identify... They've... And you have a personal banker and it's all done through them. Mm. And the other thing... But there are exceptions to the rule and for situations like murder and terrorism, Switzerland will release information. So if it's tax evasion, they'll keep it secret. Mm. Okay. Okay, so I can if I can pay for and afford one of these Swiss bank accounts, I can funnel money to it. It can sit there and, and it doesn't no, show no up in any know. of your normal bank accounts. Any bank right. account that is connected to your name, to your country, this money will not show up. But how do you get money so, in, in there? Yeah. You do a tra- well, you do the regular sorts of things, transfers, but your money manager will probably help you. Oh, there'll be there'll be a trust account or something. Transfer it to the correct things instead of instead yeah. of you transferring money to your account, you'll be transferring your money to a holding to, pin, yeah, probably. Which is what I think when he's talking about the products and services mm. and why these things are so expensive, right? And it's you know you, you're passing these money to these different things, and it's actually ending up via circuitous routes into your account. And when it comes to the balance sheet time, to your tax audits, it's gone away for whatever reason. You've paid for these specific things. So it might cost you, you know, 100 grand a year to run one of these bank accounts, but it's worth it if it means you're, no one's ever going to find that $100 million that you stashed because you were a drug lord or something. Exactly. From bank accounts to libraries, did you see what happened in a, in a small town in Britain called Stony Stratford? The residents of the small town were really upset because they were told their local library was going to be closed. And so what they did is they all got together and said, look, we're going to try and borrow every single book. We're going to borrow our maximum limit of 15 books per person. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they, they went and out they and cleared out, their, they cleared out their library. Yeah, it, The library normally holds 16,000 books and they were just down to a few hundred the other day. Hmm. That's fantastic. That's awesome. That's people power. It's brilliant. It's it's part of the bizarre makeup of British towns and that you've got Stony Stratford and it's got a town council. Now, the town council is backing the campaign to keep its library. But unfortunately, Stony Stratford makes up part of Milton Keynes, which is a larger district and has its own district council and it's the district council for Milton Keynes which has said it costs too much to keep this library We're so close as it, part yeah. of budget cuts we want to close that library down so it's yeah it's part of the fact that they've got these like Russian nesting dolls <laughs> little councils for a town which 
probably used to exist by itself. And now it's part of a bigger one and that's part of another bigger one. And all these other ones have, yeah, have more say over what's going on there. But this is a brilliant uh, campaign called What? No Books. I was just going to say, I was going to tell, yeah, exactly. It was organised over Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah, it was organised over Facebook. One of the, you know, many good things, good uses of Facebook. What? No books. (laughs) What? No books. Exactly. Organised by the the Friends of Stony Stratford Library. And yeah, they've done it. (laughs) They've cleared the library out. That's fantastic. It's amazing. Nearly 300 books an hour being stamped out. Wow, that's a that's that's a lot, lot of books, and they'll never be read. <laughs> I'm sure some of them were, but I'm I'm Maybe. sure the old, what, dusty mechanic manuals, which were also being taken out in part of this campaign, probably won't be read. And not only that, but because it was done over Facebook, all the residents' phone numbers and addresses will be made public to a whole bunch of Facebook apps. If those residents are stupid enough to put their phone numbers and addresses on Facebook. I, for instance, never put any of that information on Facebook. It's if, if I want somebody to know my phone number, I'll give them my phone number Mm. directly. My phone number is on there, but you have to be my friend to see it. And I don't play games or put any apps on. So Mm. I'm not concerned. But the other other interesting thing about this story is the town of Stony Stratford has two pubs called the cock and the bull. And they believe this is the origin of the phrase "a cock and bull story." <laughs> I like that. that yeah, it is very. Yeah. It's the the only notable thing <laughs> that, about pretty, that town was that I can imagine these two famous pubs. Yeah, <laughs> I like the fact that you that's know cool. these, these everyday sayings that people just say without even thinking they do stem from real life landmarks, situations, events. Yeah, a cock and bull story. I never knew that, but. It's from the cock and the bull, two pubs in, Stony, go, Stratford. in Stony Stratford. I, that's, no, <laughs> that's kind of cool. That is cool. Thank you for it that is. little insight there, Cameron. That's, oh, that's, that's okay. Good. And I'm sure that this publicity that Stony Stratford has gotten from this story and how it's gone all around the world, that their number of tourists are probably going to increase. Sure. <laughs> I went to turn, oh, you hear a t-shirt saying, I went to Stony Stratford and took a book out of the library. Yeah. <laughs> we we should market those t-shirts we should we should do them yeah and all boys of tech logo at the back just for free advertising too i tell you what we've got one more facebook story to talk about it's a new zealand one so we'll do that in the new zealand section which happens right after this don't go away Okay, welcome back. Our final story, a New Zealand story. This is one of the dangers of advertising what you're doing on Facebook. A woman tweeted, is it tweeted? What do you do on Facebook? She was status updating. Status updating. That sounds very clumsy. Status updated that she said, three hours to go and then I can go home because she kind of, she doesn't like her job and she's kind of counting down the hours. Yeah, and so this was on a, this was her status update on Facebook. And just because of that, her house was burgled. Mm. So this goes to, you know, is poignant for two reasons. One, you've got to be careful what it is that you put in your status update. Because unless you set your privacy settings right, that status update is going to go out to people that you might not want it to go out to. Do you really want the rest of the world to know that you are at work and nobody's at home? Or that you're going on holiday for the next three weeks? And so your house is going to be empty. And number two, you should 
really be aware of the people that you're friending. Are they exactly. actually your friends? Exactly. And if you want to keep your ginormous number of friends that you've never met because they're a friend of a friend of your ex-boyfriend, maybe you should start using some of the facilities that Facebook does provide for you to manage those pseudo-friends and create yourself a little group. Stick them yeah, in. Yeah, well, it's called the unfriend button. Like, I just wouldn't... Ah, yeah. well, that's, that's the well, quickest yeah, yeah. way, isn't it? This is, this is, this you is, can unfriend, but then you can also create groups within your list of friends and put people in those groups and then give the people in those different groups different levels of permission to your staff. So what do you, what do you call your group? Possible burglars or...? Well, you know, dodgy people, uh, or, or you know, you could categorize one group as work friends and one group as friends from high school and one group as relatives. <laughs> so that way yeah. you can have different levels this of permission. The, uh, the, the group of friends from your high school who you hang out with and who you go to the pub with, they might get more access to some of the crazy things you do. Your work friends might get access to some of your other stuff, but they don't get to see your crazy things. And then your relatives, they get to see very little that makes you look like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think this is more of a case of she's just pretty clumsy. This is not really much to do with Facebook at all. I mean, this is no different to this woman backed out of a driveway and went, yelled out really loudly, I'm leaving the house today. I won't be back until 5 p.m. And then drove off. I yeah, mean, it's, I, the same. it's exactly yeah, that, it's, isn't it? It's exactly yeah, it is that. And then what it, it, so what had happened was the person who burgled her was someone who she'd friended on Facebook, mm. but they never actually talked and never met in real life. It was just that's, done through a friend of her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty dumb. Yeah, pretty, it is, it is. And yeah. So that's yeah, that's pretty lame. No, you're right. It's not. A, this isn't really about Facebook as such, but it is a lesson about being net savvy. Yeah, especially it's a on about especially being on things like Facebook and and and, yeah. and Twitter and all the rest of the social networky type things that are out there. Yeah, yeah, as we've said many times through many episodes, you've got to be careful out there. You've got to be aware of what it is you're saying and in what yeah. forum you're saying it. Yeah, because people's lives are a lot more public now. I mean, yeah. what people I know are doing in terms of when they update their Facebook or, they, or they're, they're on holidays or something, I have a lot more access to that. There's no way in the world I'm going to sit around. Ten years ago, you'd have to have called 80 people and say, so what are you doing? What are you up to? What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. And you, you don't have to do that anymore. You can go to one screen. There's a big list of what everyone's up to. Are they on holidays? Are they away from home? I mean, I know all that now. So you really yeah. have to be careful. And yeah. know, You've got to trust a, who you're giving that information to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, properly yeah. use the, the tools and features provided through hmm. whatever forum you're giving that. Yeah. I mean, as a rule of thumb, most people know that between the hours of 9 to 5, 75% of people aren't going to be at home because they're at work. Everyone hmm. knows that. But if you're going to start talking about, you know, I'm on holidays, I'm here, I'm there, I don't know. You've got to be careful. And yeah. I think it's also you've got to be careful as to who you give that information to. I mean, if you have a nice, tight group of friends that – you trust and you don't mind sharing that information with, that's fine. But yeah. come on, if you're, if you're adding people that you've never met in real life and then you're telling them you're not at home, why, yeah. not, just mail, why not just mail them your keys? Seriously, just- yeah, why don't you just put your keys in your letterbox and put a big sign up saying, I'm not at home right now. Yeah, yeah, keys inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, have you, are you and Cameron friended on Facebook? No, I don't we haven't actually. Oh. No. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you guys haven't met. I haven't in real been life. on Facebook in yeah, such we, a long We've never time. met you in real life, Cameron. We should. No. You know what? We should do a, a show with you over here in the in the studio. That's what we that'd, should do. That'd be cool. Did you want me to? Fr- I can I can friend Brett live on the air if you like. Okay, should we do a live friend? 
All right, let's do it. Oh, talk, us to, talk, talk us Brits through. Talk us through, Cameron. Like, oh, Brits like, oh, do I have to do this? Do I, I want to be his friend? <laughs> do I have to? I mean, he's... Oh. You don't mind telling him that I'm not at home because oh, is he going to spend 300 bucks on an airfare to fly over here just to, you know, <laughs> Well, that is return at the moment. There is ah. a $150 deal at the moment. $156, I believe. $300 oh, return from Australia to New Zealand. And What's my password? Well, you're not going to put that over the podcast, are you? <laughs> no, I just can't remember what it is. My, my web browser used to remember it for me, but I've reinstalled Windows since then. Oh, dear. So Cameron, are you gonna are you gonna do a live friend, or does Brett have to be logged in to do that? How does, how does that work? It helps if he's there. He's just here. He's he's on Skype. Yeah, I know. What I was saying is, I need to find his account. Like I, oh. Brett King's fairly common. If he finds me, it would be easier. There's less Cameron colleagues, and there would be Brett King's. Are there? All right. So you guys are doing okay. I have no yeah, idea what you're yeah. doing because I don't use Facebook. But uh, Cameron Collie, United States Navy, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Oh, at your service, sir. <laughs> <laughs> What's Cameron, another one? That's me. Cam- no. Oh, Cameron Collier, London, United Kingdom. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Collier, Collier Fujitsu. No, but I know him. Well, I've chatted to him. Really? Yeah, because I would get over him Skype off. or uh, no on Facebook because he said um, I think some people think I'm you, and I went yeah I get you as well because he's like some weird like geeky high level tech guy who talks oh. about. Hey, we should get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> two Cameron Collies. We should, we should get just doppelgangers. People find people from around the world with the same name as us and get them on the show. There are quite a few Cameron Collies, but there's yeah, yeah. only one which has exactly the same image exactly. on it that you have on your Skype. Exactly. <laughs> so you found Cameron. So are you going to send the friend? I have found Cameron. Are you sending also, the friend thing across? Because this I is happening live. Plus Look, one. Everyone's waiting for this to happen. Okay. Here we go. Have we done it? Talk us through what's happening. No one can see anything. It's an I audio am, podcast. I'm waiting for my notice. I'm waiting for my notice. I am adding. I have clicked add as friend. I am now click send request. Yeah. Request sent. Wow. Awesome. This is exciting. I know. I'll hit reload and oh, here we go. Wow. You've got it? Yes. Are you guys friends? Not yet. I'm about to confirm. Ah. Is that what yeah. you have to do? Confirm. Yes. Friend confirm. request accepted. Oh, notification. Can... Cameron Colley has accepted your friend request. Fantastic. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Look at that. History Live. in the making. A live <laughs> friending. And, and Brett has a little uh, South Park avatar. Indeed. Good stuff. All right. Hey, it's good to know you guys are friends. Yeah, oh, it's just... unfortunate that you're not our friend, Edwin. No, but you can yes. follow me. You can follow me on Twitter. So on that note, um, you can follow me out the door too because I'm going to head out. This is the end of the show. That is episode 101. Cameron, it's been fantastic again having you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us on the panel. No problem at all. Happy to be there. Our official Australian correspondent, now you are. Oh, fantastic. Can I get a badge? Photocopy something. (laughs) I'll I'll fax something through. Actually, what does that mean? What's a fax? I don't know. Do people use that yeah, anymore? Yeah, what is a fax? Do you know, I must admit, I am still surprised. A number of companies that A, ask for fax numbers on forms, and B, uh, sometimes say, oh, look, I'll, I can fax it to you. What's your fax number? It's a, it's, I'm just amazed it's at how, how, yeah. Yeah, there uh, what's the There's still a lot of people who still yeah. do fax. Mm. Yeah, they're still in use. Mm. It's I'll, a bit like, can't you just email me a PDF? Like, yeah, seriously. I know, yeah. I know. That's weird. And Brett, also, I want to thank you for co hosting the show with me. Always a pleasure, Ed. And that concludes episode 101. Thank you very much to everyone listening to us. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. And we'd love to see you again next week for episode 102. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.